conversations from the front lines of marketing. This is B2B Growth. Welcome back to another episode in the Media Brand Series. My name is James Carberry. I'm the founder of Sweetfish, and we're here today with Tyler Lassard. He is the CMO of Vidyard and the chief feeder at SalesFeed, the media brand for Vidyard. We also got Dan Sanchez here, one of our executive producers, co-host of B2B Growth. And this is a bonus episode. We were only planning on doing five episodes with Tyler for the media brand series. And something happened yesterday, actually. I saw it pop up on YouTube and I texted Dan and I was like, oh my gosh. So if you've been listening to this series, you've been hearing us talk about this guy named Will Aiken. He is the the central kind of talent for the sales feed media brand. And yesterday I subscribed to sales feed, popped up on my feed in YouTube, and it, the video just said goodbye. Will Aiken leaving the sales feed team, unfortunately. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, we're talking to Tyler tomorrow. We have to do an episode on this because I think so many people are scared away from using personal brands to build media brands because, oh, what if they leave? What if we build up all this equity in a, in a person and then they move? And, and my position has always been, it is not an if, it is a win. Of course, it's not the 1960s anymore. People don't stay at companies for 40, 50 years, their entire career. Plan for it. Know that that's going to happen. And what I love so much about media brands is you're building the asset around the media brand. The personal brands supplement it and fuel it. But just like NBC anchors and Sports Center anchors are in and out, like Sports Center has been around for decades. How many different anchors have been on Sports Center? A lot. Talent changes, it evolves. People move on to the next thing in their career. But you're literally going through this right now. And so, Tyler, I'm curious, how are you thinking about this? Was this something you planned for? How, like, what's going on in your heart and in your brain right now? Yeah, well, we're shutting down sales feed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not. We are not doing that. Yeah, no, this actually came as a surprise, though, to your point, I knew the day would come because, you know, I feel like I've actually done my job of helping Will build up his personal brand. And in parallel, he's helped build the sales feed brand. And I knew it was only a matter of time before he decided to, to move off and you know do either something different or something on his own. But it did happen uh, at a time I was not expecting. And um, it did certainly throw a wrench in things. But again, all along, we've been having these conversations internally and understanding you know what do we need to do to make sure we mitigate that being a real impact to the business. So that's been a part of the mantra for, you know, for, for quite a while for the team now. And, you know, thankfully, as part of the media brand, we've, you know, to, to mitigate that, we have always had a mentality of having a variety of contributors, sort of a diversity in cast members, if you will, beyond just the, you know, sort of the front man, if you will, which was Will in this case, or the front person, to ensure both just better quality content by bringing a diverse set of voices, more representative set of content, but also to mitigate that concern of, we don't want people to think sales feed is Will Aitken or sales feed is Tyler, right? Sales feed is this living, breathing organism. It's this ongoing brand with a continued promise. And so as we now look for a new uh, face of sales feed, a new primary talent and creator, I'm very confident we can slide them in and 
Will we get some comments from people of like, oh, this person, like, where did the other one go? I, I mean, sure, that stuff might happen. No different from when you change content writers. Yeah. Though people aren't don't get as attached to content yeah. writers as they do to these front faces. Yeah, I think it's definitely different than swapping out a writer. There's much more affinity built in a human face, in a personality. But one thing that I want to press into, you guys kind of, I don't want to say prepared for this. You said that you were surprised by it, but the model was, that you had your primary kind of full-time will was a full-time, you know, employee of Vidyard, yep. but you also used contract creators to do a quarterly thing or maybe a weekly piece of content. You also have free contributors just because people you, you've done a good job of building affinity with the sales community. So you have people that volunteer and want to be a part of your videos. You've, you said you've had a lot of inbound interest and, Hey, you know, saw that Will's leaving. How can we help? which again is another massive advantage of building audience because you have the leverage when you have audience and who doesn't want to build their personal brand on the back of an audience that's already built. And so talk to us a little bit about how you think about that and what the transition plan is. Does that give you a little bit more breathing room? Or are you still feeling like you're in a pinch to, to replace Will as the full-time creator? Yeah. So um, l- let me start by saying, you know, I think this is a really important topic is um, we were very intentional in helping and supporting Will, in this case, building their personal brand alongside the sales feed brand. And to your point, it's, you know, a lot of people see that as being very risky. We believed, and I still 100% believe, that the benefits in doing that far outweigh the risks and concerns. So in doing so, you know, now, of course, Will is a very public face for, for sales feed, but during his time here, you know, he was able to build his own personal LinkedIn following, for example, from about 7,000 when he joined to more than 30,000 this week. And the real benefit of allowing somebody to do that, I mean, even yesterday when he posted his goodbye video on his own personal channel, it drove more than 1,500 views on our YouTube channel because he actually sent people to our YouTube channel to watch that same goodbye video. And we are actually like, hey, let's check the metrics. And we had like over 30 new subscribers to the channel yesterday. All came from his personal channel where he was saying goodbye, right? And we're like, hey, maybe we should have our talent leave every quarter. So we, <laughs> we got a goodbye video every quarter out of them, right? I don't know. But I know that's not the question you asked, but I think it's a really important fundamental idea because again, it's, but it does also, as you invest more in helping them build their personal brand, it does create more risk. It does create, you know, a feeling like a bigger loss when they leave. But the, the really important thing for us now, number one, in having others around us who have been collaborating on content, it absolutely takes that weight off our shoulders during these next few weeks where we'll be without a front person, a lead creator. So we absolutely have now different collaborators that we're tapping to continue to contribute content. We've always been consistently producing so much content that we actually have a backlog, which is great. And this is part of that like high velocity, high creation environment. We have enough content to like take us through the next three or four weeks, which is great. So Will left but he's still gonna be the face of our channel for another month or so because you know he created so much content with us during that time. And there's lots of ways we can repurpose, right? We've all talked about that. We have so much content we've created in the past that now our ability to repurpose that also is very much in reach. So all these things make it you know, really um, a much lighter transition period for us. 
So, you know, be mindful of all those things. They help. And, and those were always in the back of my mind. I'm like, I know when he leaves, we've always got a backlog of content. We've always got these partners and collaborators. And by the way, the team around him, all of us can like step up. We can get on camera, we can edit. And that's a power of having these sort of, you know, team members, I suppose. Does it make you want to, so with, with him leaving, it sounds like you're still going to replace that full-time role with another creator. Has the thought crossed your mind since you found out that he was leaving, man, maybe we want to bust it up a little bit. And instead of having one full-time creator, you know, you have one contract person that you I think he does like a wrap for you every quarter and some other creative content. You've got a contract with him. Could we have three or four of those type of like contract creators so we still get the same volume, but we're mixing it up and we just do a six month contract with each of them and renew it as, as we see fit, but you're more paying for the deliverables as opposed to paying for someone's time, full-time focus, and you get the variability. Have you explored that? Yeah. Were you in our office a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> James, when we had that exact discussion, like more or less word for word? Yeah. Tell me about that. hundred percent. That is, uh, you know, absolutely. We stepped back and said, okay, let's, you know, say X amount of dollars for that salary. Are we better off saying, why don't we get four, you know, or five part-time folks? And uh, the benefit there, we, we even get more diversity in the content, which, you know, might be a good thing. But at the end of the day, I made the decision that I 100% I'm all in on hiring another full-time, you know, it's a, the, the role is posted as sales evangelist and content creator and somebody who's going to be full-time in the team. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. Number one is you just said, you know, if let's say you do four part-timers for the same cost, you're going to get the same amount of content. No, I will not. I will not get the same velocity and volume of content from somebody who is part of the team who lives and breathes this every day and like has a passion for making this media brand successful right? There is no question in my mind that I had more productivity out of will than I would have, you know, one contractor or four contractors for the same or even more, more uh, cost. So I think there's a huge value to having it as an internal resource of somebody who is just in it every day. And they're always thinking about what are we making next for our audience? How are we engaging them? How am I in the community? So that's really, really important. The second thing is I've, you know, come to appreciate that value of having a consistent lead voice or two, if you will, that are directly tied full-time to the brand. Because again, if I have those other contributors, they'll be a part of it, but they're always going to be associated with other things. Yeah, And they're never going to be as invested to saying, hey, on my personal channels, I'm going to keep promoting this stuff and these things over here. Yeah. So I think for those reasons, I've found that having you know at least one lead creator and lead personality or lead talent in-house full-time, who's passionate, who's part of the team, provides so much value. And, and I think longer term, we'll keep having these discussions of, do we hire another or do we have one face plus some additional talent? We'll keep revisiting that. B2B brands are on a hamster wheel trying to create more and more awareness. They're putting so much work into creating awareness and not nearly enough work into making sure that the content they're putting out is actually good. You can pay to build awareness. Brands do that all the time. But does the content resonate? The question should be, how do we create content that builds affinity? And that's where Sweetfish comes in. We're here to help you build your market's favorite show, not just another show. Learn more at sweetfishmedia.com. Knowing Will was your first kind of talent hire for this media brand, 
based on the learnings from having worked with him for a year, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of good, but there's some things that are like, okay, I'm going to look for, how is the hiring profile for the next creator you hire shifted now that you've got an opportunity to retool the team with, with fresh talent? You know, it's been really interesting thinking through this and going through it because, you know, also part of the risk and fear and concern is a lot of the sales feed personality actually comes from that talent's personality, right? So again, not only is it like the name is sort of associated, but the type of humor that we create is often tied to the people in the team, right? It's very personal. And so our TikTok channel, if you go and watch, you'll find a lot of consistent threads of like, what's Will's type of humor? And so, you know, the questions come about of like, oh, well, we need to hire somebody like Will to continue on these things. And, you know, I came to the realization of, no, we don't. It's okay if, like our TikTok channel, if the humor on that goes in a slightly different direction, right? Now, our promise is still learns and laughs. So I still need somebody who can bring that. But do they need to like fully, you know, sort of contract to this is exactly how the brand looks and feels today? I don't think they do. And I think this actually affords us an opportunity now to almost like flex a little bit and say, okay, what's this next phase look like? And if we bring somebody in who kind of steers us in a slightly different direction without going fully off course, I'm open to that, right? If they have a new type of sense of humor, if they have a new way of educating audiences, if they bring a very different perspective, they bring a different accent, right? All of these things, it's hard as like a core brand to to be flexible like that and not be rigid and say, nope, this is what it looks and feels like. So that's another interesting nuance to it is very much the personalities you bring in for these front-facing roles will inevitably shape the personality of the brand. And you got to make that commitment is like, is that the way we go? Do we follow them or do we allow it to flex a little bit? So I'm now interested in finding the best person who I'm like, I know can help our audience learn, who I know can help our audience laugh, who can be a pure part of this community, all these core values we brought in. But um, it'd be the first thing I'm going to say to them is, I'm not expecting you to replace or be Will. I'm expecting you to be you. And that's why I'm hiring you. I'm hiring you partly because of your experience and what you've shown. But this role is so important to hire somebody where you're hiring them for them because their personality is going to be on display. So that's a really important lesson learned. And as anybody out there thinks about hiring that front-facing talent, they're going to be on camera. They're going to be on mic. Make sure you're hiring them as much for them as you are for their experience and their skills. How important is it to find somebody who has already demonstrated the ability to grow an audience so they they have a following already that they've built for themselves? I'm treating that as a bonus. What I'm really looking for at the heart of it is people who I believe can create the kind of content that we believe will strike high resonance and affinity with our audience, can do so efficiently and at high velocity and come in with at least some level of confidence in their ability to do that. And it's a bonus if they have an existing good, strong following, because you know that obviously is a good indicator that they've been successful with this. But I'm more interested in making sure, you know, either way, this person is gonna go from their current following to you know, 5X that following in the next 12 to 18 months. So whether they start at 5,000 or they start at 50,000, I'm less worried about. I'm more worried about, do they have the potential to 5X their following by the type of content they're creating and help sales feed 5X its following? One of the things that I was talking about with Dan actually earlier today, 
Funny is hard. And so you guys having the media brand promise of learns and laughs, I mean, laughs are half of it. And the line that you have to walk in trying to be funny and not coming across as corny and like alienating a bunch of people that just kind of like kind of roll their eyes. I mean, funny is freaking hard. Yep. Have you considered now that kind of the, the the primary face of the brand is moving on, have you considered like, hey, does is learns and laughs still need to be the brand promise? Or should we kind of be more open-handed with the with the media brand promise? to open ourselves up to maybe our next talent isn't necessarily funny, but they do really well in-depth research. And has that been a consideration or are you like, no, learns and laughs because of the research we've done because of the way, like the traction we've already built and it would be too much of a, I don't know what you're thinking there. Yeah, no, it's a good question because it did, it certainly did come up and and this was like a good moment to be able to like revisit these things. Right. And, And you say, but the most important thing was, this was one of those moments where you can step back and go, okay, if, you know, based on what we've learned, what should we change? What should we continue doing? If we were to almost restart, you know, how would we think about it? And that's the foundation for all of these decisions. And so it came back to, if I was to start this over again, would I do learns and laughs? 110% absolutely would. And so I'm like, there's no way I'm taking that out of the brand because we proved it was the right thing to do. Now, if again, we had looked back and said, you know what, the learn, the laugh stuff wasn't really that valuable, then yeah, absolutely. We would have gone, you know what? Yeah, let's deprecate that. Let's focus on finding the smartest person in the room and go. But um, I think that's what it's all about. And it's going to be different for everybody in terms of like what they see success in. But we found with our community, with what we tapped into, that the laugh component has been such a foundation of success for us that it was a passing thought. And then it was like, no, we've like, we've proven that that works. We've built a brand for it. Yeah. Right. Like we're it's known like for corporate it. Bro. I mean, you're, you, there's so other validation in the market that other creators that have leaned into funny with the sales audience, it works. Is that going to make it harder for us to hire the role? hundred percent. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm already looking through the applicants and I'm like, looking through some of their content and I'm like, didn't make me laugh. No, yeah. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, not quite there, yeah. but no, we're, we're like, we know what we're looking for now that we've kind of felt it out and um, we're going to be disciplined in that for sure. Yeah. And so I'm assuming, so obviously there's their sense of humor high on the list. It's a bonus that they've built an audience. What kind of technical skill are you looking for? So again, we found value in this role where having somebody who is a, what I've sort of referred to as this like full stack, full cycle creator is really important. I mean, it's just the way that, again, we're operating, the way we built the team. And so, you know, again, I'm looking for somebody who has a good tilt for humor, has a good understanding of our audience. Either they come from that audience, they are salespeople today, or they've been a creator talking to a sales audience so that they understand that. And then that last piece is that, you know, proven ability to create content full stack at high velocity and do so with comfort and confidence. And so from a technical standpoint, it's can you go off concept, record, quote unquote, edit. And I put it in quotes because it could just be using the TikTok app to do whatever you need to and ship great pieces of content, something that helps me learn and something that helps me laugh. And so a lot of it, that all just comes back to it for me. I don't care what tools they use. We actually put in like the, our tech stack. It's like, yeah, we use Canva and frame and this, but bring your own tech is very welcome. Whatever makes you the most productive creator 
that's what we want you yeah, to use. I like that. Right. You're looking for a video centric person then. We are because we know that, um, you know, short form video has been a real hit for us. And so it's back to that. As we think about the, the talent, it's somebody who's comfortable on camera, who can build that presence in a similar way. It was another thing as you looked at it, right? As we said, okay, refresh time, laughs, learns, yes. Sort of a short form video first presence, yes. We said, that's where we've been. Is it working? 100%. Would we change anything? Not right now. So let's not you know, fix what isn't broken. Man, I'm really excited to see what happens next, how the yeah. self-feed brand evolves. By the way, James, were you asking, are you looking for a new opportunity? Did you want to apply for the role here? I'm like, you're doing great on this show. I love, I love chatting with you every time. You make me laugh. Yeah, man. This, I was just telling Dan, I was like, Dan, like funny, like as we're trying to think of like, okay, the, you know, getting more serious about like, what's the brand promise for B2B growth? And it's not funny for us. It's not humor. It's not laughs because we currently don't have the talent on the team to do that. And so you go to war with the, the team you got. And we're sort starting to press into, okay, like what are the personalities of myself, of Dan, of Benji, another co-host of the show? You yeah. Know, and, and so we're starting to get some clarity around like the personalities of Dan being the nerd and Benji being the, you know, kind of the philosopher, the high level thinker, the, yeah. And then I'm, you know, kind of Mr. Nice guy and, and pretty agreeable, but also can, I tend to see the positive in a lot of different approaches to things. And so like, how can we press more into that? to do exactly what you alluded to earlier, which is like, you're hiring someone to be them. And so the more they are them, the more authentic they are to that, the better it's going to be for the sales feed media brand. But you know, that funny needs to be is that's a critical component of this thing uh, working because of the validation that you've already experienced with your audience. So I definitely don't envy the search of trying to find someone that is genuinely funny and <laughs> understands, has an understanding of sales. Cause that's another piece of it, right? Like yeah. they've, they've got yeah. to have some background in yeah. sales. Has it crossed your mind at all to go, ah, maybe we can teach them what they need to know about sales if they've got these other components or is it was a background in understanding the audience, a required thing. I think I will be open to that. And um, I think that a good creator bone, a good, you know, a, a confidence in front of camera, the humor, all of these sort of core elements are the most important aspects of the role. And so ideally, I'll find somebody with that and comes from the world of sales. The next step is, well, they come with that and they're perhaps speaking to or with the sales audience, right? So maybe they're like a, at a Vidyard, they're at a sales tech company and you know doing marketing today. And then the next step out of that is, yep, maybe they aren't in the world of sales at all, but they're a tremendous, tremendous creator, great sense of humor, super successful on TikTok. Can we teach them the world of sales? Probably, but if we find that person and we go, that's the right person, then we shift our strategy just a bit and we go, more of what we do around sales education is going to be them leaning on the community, tapping into other people's knowledge. And we, we, we adapt to it, right? We don't say you have to become an expert in sales because it's probably not going to be realistic. So again, I think being flexible in some of these things and saying the importance of a great personality, the on-talent, I think like the on-camera talent, that stuff starts to weigh heavier in terms of the, the requirements. I think you're right in that thinking. I, I think of my friend, Todd Klauser, who you look at his background he built a YouTube channel for weld.com up to like, I think 300,000 subscribers and then moved into B2B SaaS. And then I think he was still 
attracting mar- like the audience became marketers. So he went from people that weld to marketing, right? His audience is sales. And what I found that to be what I would define as a creator, someone that's not, isn't just creative, but they've actually built an audience. When you're a creator, there's a sharpness, there's a strategic, it's a skill that's hard. It's hard to put your finger on, but they can adapt and learn an industry pretty quickly. And so I like that you're keeping it open-handed on sales background. I think that's that's one thing that I, I could see people getting hung up on, but particularly with these industries, you know, like finance and, you know, the variety of people listening to this that are are not selling to salespeople and go, ah, if we're trying to hire talent, like, well, like, like there's not a plethora of talent. Well, don't be afraid to look outside of your specific niche or your vertical. Figuring out how to grow an audience is is hard. Yeah, you have to be really smart to and, and understand yeah. human psychology. And I mean, there's so much that goes into it. So don't discount uh, kind of the skill that it takes to build an audience because I think it it can translate into them. They can learn your industry. It's easier to learn cybersecurity than it is to learn how to grow an audience. Yeah, yeah. You can learn how to speak to something and even fairly authoritatively over some time. You can do it. I think I need to go back and update the job description now as you talk through that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, I need to be less rigid on those years of experience directly in sales. Because yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and especially if you're able to, if you've got a team in an environment where you have subject matter experts within the organization or even within your marketing team, right? And so when you have these people sitting next to virtually or physically folks in your content team who are already sort of living the audience day by day. But that's the nice thing about a good creator is that you're right. Often like audience centricity is just in the way that they operate, right? Like if they've built successful channels, it's because they know their audience, right? Like you can't do it any other way. And so they just have that knack for learning it and and diving into it. So you can teach them the acronyms. You can teach, like, I think, you know, it, it might take a little bit of time for all of that to sink in, but because you also have your managing editor, your, or your editor in chief, You've got the content strategist on the team. They know. So like the team, I think they could compensate for a little bit of lack of sales knowledge there. And what I like about that is it opens you up to now start looking at, because there are, I mean, you scroll TikTok, it's impossible not to see some sketch comedy type creator. And so you start to get into some of those rabbit trails and start reaching out to these folks that would love you know a salary at a SaaS company to get yeah. to do what they love doing and do for free and make no money doing, hey, apply this to this audience. And you, we've already seen that you can build a following of half a million on TikTok, apply yep. that to salespeople and do it over here. And and the, the, your talent pool, you right. crank bad boy open like a <laughs> the floodgates will come running because um, there's a lot of talent out there. It's just that talent's not being tapped into by B2B SaaS companies. And uh, I'm excited to see you kind of blazing a trail in doing this. So this has been incredible, Tyler. We're going to continue following along. We're probably going to do a future series with you at some point and and the the evolution of your media brand, sales feed, the impact that it's having on Vidyard. Thank you so much for, for being a part of this. Remember, there are a lot of ways to win. Commodity content is the enemy. Focus on affinity over awareness. See you soon.